Hi there, this is Dennis Velko with Out Bureau. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Out Bureau Voices, where we are bringing you Louis Waters from South Africa. In every episode, we are striving to bring you LGBTQ entrepreneurs, professionals, and community leaders around the world. Thank you so much for joining us today, Louis. Thank you, Dennis, for having me. It's an honor to be in your channel. And thanks for asking me to talk a little bit. Well, absolutely. So uh, now, were you born and raised in South Africa? Yes, I was born here. I worked for a year in New Zealand. I worked for a while in the UK, but I'm back in South Africa at the moment. Oh, awesome. Now, tell us a little bit about your marketing uh, company that you have. Now, as a corporate professional working for one of the biggest banking groups in South Africa, I've gained significant corporate experience in the marketing world and therefore decided to start off a company using that expertise and that experience that I've gained over the years. Now, we have several employees worldwide working for us. I have one person in Los Angeles who is a designer and, and also a graphic artist. Then I have three people here in South Africa, two of which are designers. One is a project manager. Then I have a copywriter in Perth, Australia. And recently another person has joined our team from Canada, Montreal. Oh, uh, wow. quite an international spread there. So, so what is your target audience? What is your target uh, client? Your target audience? We aim to add value to small, medium, and market um, small, medium enterprises. Uh, we want to partner with these small enterprises. Look at how they do things. Many of them don't have the expertise or the money to hire a big marketing group. But I would like to partner with him and see how we can bring their business forward. Hmm. For, for us, it's more about bringing them results, making them known in their communities or wherever their target markets are, and enabling them to have a brand that is consistent and um, has some value in the eyes of the uh, audiences. I see. And you, when, when you say partner with them, um, in our uh, introduction call, you went a little further into what you mean by that. Could you elaborate for our listeners here and uh, viewers? You had an interesting uh, concept, the way that you have been at least striving to structure your, your business, which would be yes. an, a, an interesting proposition um, that I've not really heard of any other company doing which i think really sets you apart now what we try to do is see how we can form part of their business in terms of their success which means that in many cases for some of the jobs we won't charge any fee we really want to see how that has brought them success and rather see how we can benefit from the success that we brought them. In the, lo in the longer term and in very practical, and I, I suppose practical terms, we have to have hourly fees for some of the designers we outsource to and so forth. 
But in the long run for us, it's about return on investment. If they putting time and effort out to be online doing social media, whether it's banner ads, uh, whether it's PR, there needs to be something coming back their way. And our feeling is that we can't promote ourselves as experts if the work that we do don't really bring anything into them. Very interesting. So you take a skin in the game kind of approach where is, if I'm hearing you correctly, is with, is with many of your clients, you're taking a kind of a share in the potential upside of them doing their marketing. Exactly. Wow. That's very different. Um, you know, most, most professional services firms, uh, no, almost no matter what they do, uh, get paid an, an hourly rate or a project rate for the, the, their deliverables. And then, you know, kind of the client hopes it works, where you're taking the approach of putting your money where your mouth is, if I can use this, throw in as many an analogies here as possible so folks get what you're talking about is you're putting your money where your mouth is and doing the work outside of some co um, cost expenditures, basic cost expenditures that need to get covered, um, but uh, really doing that, uh, delivering that marketing capability to those businesses. And as results are being realized, seen and customers of theirs taking action upon and they're seeing the financial benefit that's when you begin to take your cut of it so is it like a percentage of the uh so let's say they were getting you know i don't know for round numbers a thousand views a month you know not not a whole lot right so now but if that's a dentist office that is a lot <laughs> but uh you know, so let's say, let's just use that analogy. It's a dentist office. So let's say they might get 500 views a month in a regular size community and might book 100 appointments, right? Which is a lot. Uh, so now with your marketing, if that goes up to for round numbers, 5,000 views a month, and now they're booking 200 patients, do you then take a percentage of the increase in their profit margin or something? Exactly. That is how we negotiate it. So wow. because at the moment we're doing work for different types of companies and acquiring new clients means different levels, it does ask from us to do a new negotiation with each new client. So for example, clients that we've been doing work for in the past, one is an IT company, uh, one is a cryptocurrency company, um, there were two legal companies and so on. If you look at the legal company, for example, if they bring on a new client, that is a big uh, job for them. It, it's something that lasts a few months. So in that case, it is one client that they've won through what we've done, which means the, the agreement that we would have to have with them is different. To give you an example, from um, the companies that we've worked for last year, there are three companies at the moment 
who until now we have not invoiced because we just felt that the work that we did for them did not bring back um, what we anticipated and didn't answer to the promises of our expertise. And as a result, we simply didn't invoice them. And they are still so happy with the work that we did for them that they still come back to us and ask us to do work um, that is paid per hour, say, designer brochure or whatever other material um, marketing material they might have hmm. um, and um, we feel that that's been a learning process for both us and them because we could then afterwards go and see but what is it that we can tweak to make this better they can see in their industry as well what are the things that would draw in clients or bring them to the step where they actually do an acquisition and um, so we learn as we go forward and as you know yourself the social media marketing world today is changing almost on a monthly basis um, absolutely you know um yesterday it was say instagram tomorrow it's tiktok you never know where it's going to go next and you have to adjust all the time to to stay on that wave otherwise you know the sea is going to swallow you very, very interesting and uh, challenging, challenging as well, because as, as you did say, it's, it's every client is, uh, it is a little different. And so I can definitely see the need to have your contract structured based on the particular client versus most agencies that I'm aware of. You know, if you're going to do a web page of such and such, you know, pages with such amount of graphics, you know, their their pricing, no matter what industry you're in, is fairly the same. But I could actually see where, because you're taking that risk, that you could actually make as much, if not more, with exactly. having with having fewer clients, because yes. that client has no money in the game yet of course they want to have it work right they want the more business for their they want more customers for their business so they're not going to waste their time or yours and because you are also a skin in the game put your money where your mouth is company i, I bet you have a certain type of radar that that you, you, you have the opportunity to choose your customers and say, you know, be, because, you know, maybe they're particular, have you ever, I guess that's a question for you. Have you ever had to, have you ever had a, 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 a prospective customer come to you and you, because you are a skin in the game kind of sharing in the potential upside of profit, based on what you can do have you been able have you had to have that that a conversation with a prospective client and say you know what based on your business or just based on your vision or or whatever limitations there are i i'm not the right fit for you you know thank you but no thank you that definitely happens um we've been overloaded to the point where we really have to choose who we're going to do work for However, how we approach it in such a case is not necessarily saying something that would give the entrepreneur an idea that his business is hopeless. 
what I might very well do <laughs> is have a conversation with him, maybe say, what are the things that he could tweak? What is, what is the offerings that he's got that could be better married with the marketing need that is out there? They sometimes try it out and over a period they see either if they followed what we've told them or not, that it changes. And then if they come back to us, then we'll obviously reconsider have, have we capacity or not. Wow. So even those clients that you're like, thank you, but no thank you, you're basically giving them free advice as well. Here's how you might change your business to make you more attractive for us. That's pretty, that's pretty freaking amazing, dude. That's, it, ha it happens. Wow. So, <clears throat> so is there any particular industries that you, you know, are well suited for that you have found maybe the most success with? Now, um, there again, I can give you some examples. Um, recently, we've done work for a, for a company that does um, Internet of Things work. Now, what they do is when a company builds the big new building, all the different monitors that is in this building, whether it opens the door, switches on the lights or the air conditioning in a building or the cameras and etc., none of those are connected via wiring anymore. All of this happens with Internet of Things. Now, obviously, pre-COVID, um, construction and building of new in, of buildings and so on was doing very well. During this downturn, that business has clearly gone down to a certain extent, and you know there's less requests for new buildings because everybody's now working from home, and so forth. While at the same time, another company that we've been working for, which is a cryptocurrency company, uh, has explorations from people all over the world because they want to find new ways to manage their money during this time. So that's been a business that had an upturn, as well as a legal company that assists bigger companies with um, insolvency. So that is also a business that's taken an upturn. So we write the industry and the markets as well as they change. Okay. They're very interesting. You're 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 having to pay attention to what's going on in the general business world to see is this an industry that has potential to 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 swell or to take off? And if so, that might be a potential interesting uh, client for us. So exactly. so very interesting. I, I had, I used your business model in actually a negotiation in my past. The client did not take me up on it though. <laughs> and that was because in my past, I helped very large organizations help understand how they own and manage their technology, their hardware, their software, and everything in associated with it. So all the financing and how it moved from acquisition through end of life. And um, now we're talking 20, just about 20 years ago. So it was kind of the 
when that whole evolution of what's called IT asset management was fairly new, and mostly financial services firms uh, were doing it because it technology represents a huge uh, annual uh, line item on their budget because they're constantly refreshing their you know a, a typically thirty percent of their technology. So. Um, I had worked for numerous very large prestigious financial institutions, global institutions, and so this one uh, will we'll just say the, the likelihood that you have their credit card in your wallet is pretty high. And so um, my, I was negotiating with them to go in and begin to do some, you know, begin to do our first project. Um, and. Um, I mean, we weren't cheap. I mean, it was expensive projects. <laughs> they were, they were, you know, typically first project would be in the half a million dollar range, you know, eight months, you know, kind of a deal for people, et cetera. And uh, the, the prospective client, um, you know, again, we came with reference after reference after reference where we did this. And I knew because I, I, I one of my specialties was software uh, compliance, meaning uh, take, taking companies where they had absolutely uh, only paper management, again, 20 years ago, folks, not today. Uh, we're managing software licensing on paper and Excel spreadsheets, right? Versus having it all integrated and auto-discovered like after I would get done. And so typically uh, at that point, whenever I would walk in into a new client, uh, I knew, based on the size of the company, how much I would probably save them on their Microsoft deal, their Oracle deal, SAP deal, and, and PeopleSoft deal, and all of that, just based on the numbers and what I knew that they were doing. I knew the probability of them being, you know, that the contract was not optimal was very high. Right. So, uh, so on average back then, I would save these companies on average two to two and a half million dollars per major software company, you know, per Microsoft deal on year. And so, um, you know, so, uh, so if you, and I would typically over the, in addition to all the hardware stuff and that, you know, I'd be negotiating for on their behalf five or six of those deals during that time frame. So we're talking, you know, 10 plus something million dollars annually saved for, you know, $500,000 worth of work. And then we did a lot more than that. So, so at any rate, this client kept beating me up and beating me up and beating up on my prices. And finally one day, you know, I just kind of had it and said, look, I, I proposed this model. I said, well, how about this? How about you cover my basic expenses and my, my employees basic and, and and if I can and and my client my my employees were even like yeah we'll take an upside we'll take it are you kidding me so I said fine uh I won't say that. I was about to say the name of the company I I, I said fine Here, here's what we'll do you won't get this offer from anyone else and uh I, I want 25 percent of the documented savings we do and blah, 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 blah. And then they came back and said, are, are you crazy? I'm like, well, are you crazy? Anywho, they ended up signing the contract at what we originally asked for with no discounts. But so it, that's what really intrigued me about your, your, your business model 
is I can't think of, I have never, ever heard of anyone else having a business model like yours. And of course you have a lot of companies coming after you to work with them because they're like, are you kidding me? It costs me nothing. But have you ever had companies um, say, you know, I, you don't have to tell your exact percentages because I know it, it's based on individual client situations anyways, but let's just throw a number of 20%, okay? So 20% of the upside of, of documented increase. I guess I, I, I'm kind of just naturally think that there are some difficulties, like understanding where exactly or, or how, how that's measured. So if you, if you wouldn't mind, you might be an inspiration for others to try this because this, this could be a game changer, frankly, for, for some companies. You know, if you do, now this is not, you know, if you're three months behind on your mortgage payment or your rent and, you know, your way, this is a business model where you have to have some funds in the bank to float yourself until the point where you create the measurable results, right? You know, this isn't a business model that, you know, if you're three months behind on your mortgage payment and no groceries in, in, in the house and, you know, about to have your cell phone turned off, you know what I mean? I mean, if you're in financial straits, which a lot of people, no disrespect to anyone, please. Uh, I don't mean that. But right now with COVID, there are a lot of people in, in financial difficulties at no fault of their own. So this may not be the best business model for them unless they somehow, by the grace of Buddha, Allah, and everyone else can cover their, their expenses. But share with us, if you would be so kind to do so, is just kind of one example of, let's just give the round numbers, let's say you're, you're sharing in 20% of the upside. What I would kind of think about is the difficulty in, or simplicity, maybe you enlighten me, uh, of measuring that. Like, is it simply based on the, the increase in profit? You know, like, let's take that dentist example that I was using earlier. Is it, is it looking at how many average bookings they get today? versus the increase in average bookings in the future exactly okay it has, you know, it has to be about the upturn now obviously um it's hard to uh, anticipate the upturn as well which means that we normally take a bit of a period before we confirm on that now the example that you used you know trying with a bigger company I don't think that will ever work. The problem there is, um, I think, red tape and too many decision makers. I think what makes it work in, in our case is the fact that we are going for small, medium and micro enterprises. If you are dealing with the owner of the company directly, that is a, a very different scenario altogether. Um, so we would take a, a short period of time um, the type of websites that we develop is mostly brochure type websites. We don't do um, complex 
transactional type websites or um, anything like that. And the thing is most small, medium and micro enterprises can't really afford that type of website anyway. It would be a website that they've built themselves on Wix, but they know a limited amount about branding and design and those things. So we can make it pretty and it is straightforward website, which we can bring up in two to three days for them. Once we've received all the necessary information, um, we can already advise them on changes or audiences to target when they do their Facebook advertising and so long. So within a period of about two weeks to four weeks, we already see what the impact is. And from there on, it's then easier to negotiate a percentage per client or per new acquisition, knowing that that is the type of impact that you have. Of course, at the end of the day, for me personally, having people that I have to, um, you know, support from an outsource perspective, that doesn't always work that way. So it's a bit of a combination. There will always be some design work that needs to be charged as normal, but our, our main um, aim for is that return on investment or that partnering with the business that we believe in. Okay, so it's a slight hybrid approach where the bulk of it is the return on investment, but there there's some um, required overhead costs at a basic in order to flow that through. Gotcha. Yes. Yeah, because because my yes. my brain was just going on, you know, like for an example, I have been contracted in the past to do marketing for a business. And, but it, it was marketing as, as out bureau, you know, they were wanting, they were wanting to basically use my influence, my connections, my, my group, uh, and, and have the message come from me because I get more clicks. People pay more attention to whenever I post things than just someone walking in and just posting, right. you know? So, um, but so what was interesting is we had, negotiated a uh, a particular thing to happen which it wasn't configured correctly a whole nother story well quick quickly that they did not configure their affiliate link properly and i don't know of any affiliate system that can that can be configured to a 60 minute duration duration i mean a one hour duration right no affiliate marketing system does that they're, they're bullshitting me so, uh, so at any rate, they, they claimed that I was 11 times more effective than all of their Facebook marketing combined ever in their years of working. Uh, but then I was only getting pittance. I mean, basically enough to buy a couple of bags of dog food a month, literally, from this company, this organization, I will say. So... Um, so, because what was interesting is like, well, uh, which I was thinking, so you're taking more smaller, more unknown, because like, I'll take myself, for example, you know, well, I'll keep with that one. So if I'm, if I'm marketing that other agency, that other organization, you know, on a monthly basis, putting, helping to promote articles about them. Was my 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 constant was my constant thought was well, 
Okay. Um, however, just if you're like me, once you see someone's a company name or something, or sometimes even the very first time I see it, I might not click through a link personally because I know links can take you to bad places and, you know, put viruses on and so forth. So I personally, nine times out of 10, even if I see a link for something, I'll go ahead and type it in myself. So, yes. you know, versus clicking a link. And so, so that's where too, um, in, in addition to their misconfigured affiliate system, um, I think some of the, the, where I wasn't getting rewarded for my efforts is because uh, like a lot of people, you know, if you see um, a, the name of the company and it's very easy to go, uh, you know, out bureau, O-U-T-B-U-R-O.com, boom, hit, hit return versus clicking a link for, for it. So, so for you, that's, that's where you're not being tracked based on the clicks you're being you're being tracked based on the actual financial return yes very very interesting boy i should have negotiated that deal with them especially since they said i was 11 times more effective than their own marketing (laughs) so very very cool very cool so have you had just you know whatever you're open to share you know even after your um your best guess, your best effort. You, you did say you've had some, uh, a couple of clients where the results haven't been quite what you had desired or anticipated. Yes. And so <clears throat> kind of in those instances, what do you do? You just like go back to the drawing board and tweak your designs, tweak your messaging. Now, what we've do, done um, the past two weeks specifically for this uh, insolvency legal legal company. Um, this is a small example that I can give you. So we designed a 35-second uh, promo video for them, and we've run them um, on Facebook to see which specific audiences were more interested, uh, who actually clicked through to some of the to the to the website time that they spent there and so on and what we've done then is we've looked at those audiences and decided what can we do in this little 35 video what can we do in the wording that appeals more to those audiences that were naturally attracted to this and now we're running it again to see how that is taking effect or not one of the important things I think in how we operate, Dennis, is that we cannot run, for example, social media full time for one of these companies. So one of the things that we do is we educate the companies to do that themselves and we empower that to do them that themselves as well. Um, one often comes across uh, design companies these days, for example, that would put you in a position where you aren't able to edit the the artwork that um, has been done for them, for example. You know, they always have to come back to do the edits for them and so forth. We don't do that. We give them a mini, we design them a mini CI guide. Uh, We give them the logos. We um, empower them to do their branding thing on their own. At the moment with this specific legal company, um, there's a person in the office, an assistant there, and I collaborate with her on a daily basis, help her to choose images, 
um, tell her what to do, uh, give basic training on what are the things that would attract more attention and so forth. So we enable them to stand on their own feet as well. And then often I find that they are even more forthcoming in the long run with coming back to us and changing the agreement that they've got for us, seeing what the results are. Very interesting. And because you are working with a smaller, smaller company, you are really partnering with them because you're also you're also educating one of their team members to begin to do it so that they're that they feel em empowered as you stated um and you know I, I i'll share with you just you know how frustrating i was helping to to form a nonprofit here in the fort lauderdale area with a past neighbor um, lost her son to cancer, testicular cancer at age 19. And uh, they created, a, she, she worked with a, a small graphics, you know, at like a, a franchise company uh, called Minutemen. And they uh, created that initial brochure and the logo. And do you know how difficult it was for me to simply get the freaking logo that she drew out and then they digitized. And part, part of it, I will say, was, was her lack of te technical knowledge. I mean, finally, I had to say, will you please just give me the authority to call them? So I, I, I had to say, look, she has paid for this. I want the logo, standalone logo. Don't tell me you created it in this brochure. Oh, well, that's part of the brochure. No, it's not. You did not create that logo in the brochure. You created it as its own file and then placed it on the brochure. I said, you're not talking to an idiot. Uh, you know, and she paid for all of that work. She is due those deliverables. I want those files in one of these formats. Boom, 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 boom. I had to go get down and get really like that forceful with them for them to turn over the work product that this woman paid for. Yes. And, and that was so frustrating. Mm -hmm. And, you know, because I, being her neighbor and being her co-founder of this nonprofit, or, or not co-founder, a, a board member of this nonprofit, um, you know, we, I have design skills, right? <laughs> I do all my own stuff. And so I was trying to do a little bit of that for her, like you are educating these employees and or business owners to do this for themselves as well. So I, I have to commend you. It's, it sounds like a really uh, amazing uh, thing that you're doing for the, these businesses. And I can totally see where they're then trusting you uh, to come back and do take them even further to the next level. Awesome. I think just the ability to work easy with a company makes a big change also in these clients' lives. As you've just mentioned, the ordeal that you had with this specific designer, it happens with many design companies these days. It's as if they somehow want to force the client to come back to them instead of building that trusting relationship with them. In my case, I'm always available for these clients. They can phone me at any time. We're never um, 
hard on keeping ownership of any of that material because we feel they, you know, had that agreement with us or it might be material that they've paid for, for example, the design of the logo. So in that case, they absolutely have to have open files to work with that. And I helped them. Yes, yes. And, and you're, you're absolutely right. That, that was not a one-off situation that I dealt with. Uh, that is a unfortunately a very common practice where, you know, designers, be it print media or web application designers, will work with a client, create the files, and then hold them. And you know, I've done some during in, in between businesses and so forth. I've done a few uh, websites and marketing stuff for clients. Matter of fact, uh, I'm right now visiting my, my sister in Lakeland, Florida, and two of my past clients are here and they would love for me to do work for them again, because I took them from nothing to being number one in central Florida on, on their, key, you know, on their business in key terms. But as I don't have time for, I don't have time for them and their high maintenance customers. I get, have you ever had that? Have you ever had that? Oh my God, this one gal here, this one person here. I mean, she's a very nice person, but she's so, uh, she has like three businesses all in one. It's like, honey, get one done well before you go on and on and on and on. I, I got to the point where I was having to tell her because she would book like a 30 minute session with, with me to clarify things for the website. And then it would just be talking and talking and talking and talking. She'd be telling me all about stuff going on and this person. And, and you know, three hours later, I'm constantly trying. I know this is all about personality, but I'd have to keep bringing her back to, okay, we're here to discuss X. We're here to discuss X. So finally, one day, I just had to tell her. I, I, I won't say her real name. Susan, um, you're a really nice person love you and your husband to death but if you want to talk about all of these other topics you have to invite me over to your house for a barbecue <laughs> I, I mean or or i have to start charging you for this time i can't i can't book 30 minutes to one hour to be at your office to to discuss these you know to discuss business and you keep me here talking about all these other non-issue that has nothing to do with me. It's all about your personal life or your business life that I don't have anything to do with. And I'm here for three hours, right? It's like my time is valuable. Now, if you want to be a friend, invite me over for a barbecue. Then I'll talk with you for hours. I like vodka. Have that on hand. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like just so I, I guess with, with, with that is like when you are working, you're not working for free. Yes. And have you ever had a client kind of almost have that perception and abuse your time like that person tried to abuse mine? Just yeah. out of curiosity? Yeah, no, of course that happens. Um, so uh, the way I normally do that is uh, uh, very shortly after time has run over, I would send them um, a cost estimate of what we would normally charge if we do charge per hour and then suddenly in the next meeting they sort of have their story together and they get the main points over quite quickly oh okay gotcha so so you 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 do what i did i i just unfortunately didn't do that quite quick enough 
Because <laughs> it happened a lot. It happened to the point of like getting me irritated and angry, and I should not have let it got to that to get to that point. So I, I like your approach. So folks, hear this. So if you are going to try this very interesting and innovative uh, business model, then be sure to, to take that example and you know quickly set that you know your time is valuable, even though you're not working for free. You're working for the return on investment just as that business owner is, right? That business owner's time is valuable as well, just as yours. So take my example and take Lewis's example here and be sure to very quickly communicate in a professional way before you have to get all cray-cray on someone like I almost did and let them know what your time is worth and, you know, keep, keep it on point. Because you have to get back. You need to get back to the next client and be sure that you're, you're working and your time is efficient as well. Well, is there, um, we're, we, we've had a really great conversation. Uh, again, this is, we've gone much more into, which is the whole purpose, than our initial 30-minute uh, introduction call that we did. So I'm so glad we did because this is, uh, um, I'm, I'm very impressed with, with what you're doing. I, I think you could be, you could be an inspiration for a, a new wave in business model because what a way to set yourself apart, right? What a way to, to get those clients, uh, those ideal clients who you want eventually and, <clears throat> and win the business because if they're looking at two similar proposals, two uh, and similar capabilities, um, they might pay for more in the long, they might pay a little bit more in the long run as a customer, uh, uh, but, but they have no risk up front versus paying and hoping for the best like most, right? So very interesting. Well, um, uh, well, wonderful. Well, uh, is there any, uh, any closing thoughts before uh, we sign off? Uh, I would love uh, people maybe to go to our website, you know, maybe connect sure. with me. Anybody that, that saw me here in person is welcome to send me a message on LinkedIn or send me a message via our website at ljvision.com. I'd be happy to have a conversation with them about this, um, to hear what business they are driving and so forth. It would be wonderful to connect with other people in your, your network that are um, you know, trying to make a living within these times that we are in. Well, sure. Well, absolutely. We'll, we'll obviously have um, in our show notes on outbureau.com, O-U-T-B-U-R-O.com. Up at the top will be episode, um, and you'll be able to choose this episode and see all, the, all of the links uh, to Lewis's uh, business and, and profile pages um, that uh, we put there. So thank you so much for your time today and very interesting conversation. Uh, I think that could possibly inspire some other people to, to follow suit. And I appreciate your, your offering to, to chat about your experiences a little further on one-on-one -on -one sessions with other group members. So thank you everyone for joining. Again, please do take a few moments before you leave here to hit that subscribe button down below and be sure to hit that bell to make sure that you are informed of new episodes as they become available. 
thank you for your time, and I hope you were inspired. You have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.